Hi, welcome to Lives on Paper. This is Megan. And this is Jordan. We're going to try um, finding a format that is... um, We're going to try a different format from the last party in that this episode is going to be a setup. We're going to tell you how many members are going to be in the party, what the party's for, and what setting they'll be in. And in this setting, actually, we're going to take a bit of a wide divergence from what we had previously done in that I was thinking if it would be a cool idea if we did something like what you might call a modern fantasy in that it's set almost in a world kind like here and now, but what if it evolved and grew with magic being a part of just the world itself? Uh, I, I compared it to when we were tossing this idea around at first to the movie Onward, by mm. Pixar. Uh, I know I've seen it more than you, but like that's the biggest touchstone I have for like yeah. getting I, well, the mass idea out. Well, I saw bits and pieces out. of it. I, I'm not I'm not very good at watching movies. I'm just going to... The like media references, what I, most of what I know is purely referential. So like... No, that's totally fine. Yeah. What, what I mean in that like... Oh, I'm, I'm giving a good disclaimer for myself being that like... I don't, I don't, I don't know much. No, that's okay. Yeah. I, like here, here's like literally the quick rundown. It's like people used to use magic for everything, and then people figured out like quote unquote modern technology. Like one guy, yeah, industrial like, revolution stuff. Kind of, and like in the beginning, it shows a guy going around lighting everybody's lanterns because he's a wizard and he does that. And then like it looks over and he sees a guy in a garage turn on the first light bulb, and his apprentice leave him because he goes, "That was easy." <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah, the idea of like technological advances. Just made magic kind of meh kind of yeah yeah okay but like I, I similar to the movie it just being wildly powerful as well in that like i don't think it's hyper rare that there's anybody that can use magic i think it's like like maybe 20 percent like give or take 20 percent whatever like ratio you want to use is not a majority of the population no when you think about like the modern classroom there's always going to be one or two kids who can do magic it's not like when it happens the teacher's like oh my god you freak it's the, the teacher goes oh so you're one of those kids okay so we're gonna get you a lead desk so like, I'm not yeah no. i know what you mean yeah uh and that you know varies in power from person to person like yeah. i'm willing to bet you there are in this setting, I'm willing to bet you there are celebrities that are celebrities only because they have some kind of magic ability or mm. profound ability. Like, like I imagine that anyone that now would be a, uh, a major league athlete is like a low level, but not a low level, but like a, <laughs> like a level two. Is magic or considered three. a performance enhancing drug? <laughs> I think they hey, definitely give you a penalty if you use it. Um, there's there's where, a magic where, screening section before every sport. Yeah. All right. <laughs> but I but so like what I was comparing that to is everyone in a major league sport. It's not that they have magic. It's that they are among those quote unquote exceptional people where it's like maybe they're a fighter or barbarian or something oh, okay, like that. Okay. That's what I mean in that. Like, but like they don't refer. They might not refer to themselves. I should say as like a boxer wouldn't just straight up call himself a barbarian. But when you stack him, 
like I'm willing to bet you we could quantify a boxer inside of a barbarian. Okay, okay. So in well in in the sense of like the fighter had the athlete background where like what it means to like have these skills is not always like sometimes a druid is just a gardener. Yeah. Like that's what I'm saying is like it's not that all of, like I said it's like 20% of them 20% of the population have some amount of exceptional abilities. Mm-hmm. And like maybe 20% of that 20% are like literal magic users. Literal magic users, celebrities, something classifying at like a level four or higher. Mm. Okay. You get what I'm saying? Kind of. So, so like 20% of the population have some kind of power, energy, something about Mm -hmm. them. To where it like one kid in the school is just either destined to become a fucking rock star because <laughs> like they were an ancient bard at some point if you needed to be like and in the past like their old spirit was a bard or something like yeah. that. Well, I but mean, that, I, it's... but that's what I'm saying is like where like either they have a bard or a star athlete or a writer an actual magic user or wizard a sorcerer or whatever in that like it's in a not a large maybe in a larger school i should say there'd be people like that i mean so the way i'm imagining it in my head is like yes there are some people who i mean like wizards warlocks people with literal like when you think of magic you think of like shooting lasers out of your finger and, yes. and there are some, and then there's like the people who are, I mean, like you said, like you could probably make a boxer fit into the barbarian play style, but who they are as a person kind of isn't directly correlation to the play set. But for like the people who do have magic, exceptional skills, some of them are just regular ass people. Yes. Like dude still works at a 7-Eleven, even though he could punch a hole in your spleen. Yes. But he, like, and then there are people who are, you know, celebrities because they showed off how hard they could punch somebody's spleen in. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's so. like, like I said earlier, there's definitely celebrities who have become a celebrity only because of whatever exceptional ability they have, okay. be it literal magic or spleen punching. So, if working with the idea of magic sort of building in so sidebar how i approach these concepts are in the space of like you know how there's the how big is the party what is the party for and what is the setting this concept builds off the setting we know what the setting is right and like the previous party was we knew how many people we wanted in the party mm-hmm. so we had to build the what they were doing, who they were, and then the setting they lived in. So, I mean, it was generic fantasy nonsense. You know, they go off, they fight crime, whatever. So for this, the question is going to be, if we know where these people are going to exist in, Mm -hmm. what kind of party is it going to be? Because if it is a regular-ass world, I mean, 
ostensibly anyone, you don't know who is the magic user on the street. Right. It would be one in a million people, but mm-hmm. who knows who, the, seven billion people on the earth, that's still a lot of people. Right. So do we want to pull from like all areas of like the dude who works at 7-Eleven and the lady who, I don't know, goes on daytime television to, div- to divine people's love lives? Certainly could be, is my honest answer to that. What I guess would be the easiest way to start this off is, do you feel like you want to choose a particular, like, almost moral alignment? Because yeah. I both like the idea of, like, crime-stopping vigilantes, but I also like the idea of, like, like small-time criminal yeah style well <laughs> what, like because i love the idea of somebody getting chased by the cops in, mm-hmm. in a car like it's a car chase yeah and they're shooting out the window with a bow <laughs> why because i got this magical enchanted bow from somebody and i'm gonna make it happen <laughs> and like you know like i said that's like part of the exceptional thing is like <laughs> I just had the thought of you know, like if somebody in a car chase is using their bow and their friend is like whatever their accomplice is like dude just use a gun and they're like I got it from my grandma don't talk shit about my bow <laughs> you're right it could be from grandma but but that's again why it's like an exceptional thing is like they aren't good at shooting a gun they're good at shooting a bow mm-hmm. they, yeah that's I mean because I... they are two very different oh yeah 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 they're way different yeah. So, <laughs> I just really love that image. That's a very good image. It's a, so, there's that. And so, there's the small-time criminals. Mm-hmm. The, like, the vigilante heroes. Mm-hmm. Or we could just straight up go, like, and this is a crime-fighting squad. Oh, like, like there's a like, section of the FBI that specializes in, like, magic people. Your sure. job is to go. What was deal that movie with? with Will Smith? Um, where he had the the ogre buddy. Yeah. 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 They could be vigilante heroes, like small time criminals. And when I say small time criminals, I don't mean like just robbing convenience stores. I mean like, like I'm not sure if they got had like a literal home base somewhere that they're pushing out of, or it's the Ocean Eleven style. And we're notorious for hitting banks. Oh, well, because, yeah, because what I was saying was, does the FBI have like a, a, with, a, with, a magical special unit? Yes, yeah, so that, that is the other one is that there could be the literal crime fighting squad of, you know, exceptionals. Yeah, I guess. Uh, like, I imagine if those powers exist, there's already people either within law enforcement or a special squad within Mm-hmm. For mm-hmm. stuff like that. Yeah. Because, like, if a dude's slinging fireballs, I understand you could just put, like, get the, a, a hose. A hose. <laughs> but, like, if that guy can also throw lightning bolts. Yeah. Uh, all right. Yeah. That's where, I'm at. that's where I'm at. Yeah. Well, I'm kind of. My first thought was lawful chaotic. I mean, like. that 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 is literally not in that alignment chart. So there's. Lawful, neutral, chaotic, good, neutral, evil. Lawful, evil is what I'm thinking of? Maybe. Yes. Yes. Okay. So, Karen just finished watching Blacklist. And 
the only good character was Reddington, who was the... Ambiguous good guy? Yeah. Where he absolutely did have criminal activities. Mm -hmm. But it was never like... He wasn't putting hits on people. He His whole thing was, I'm good to people. I know people. I've always got a guy for it because I take care of my people. So the episode that really emphasized, like, the... I mean, they try to build a complex character. And I think the, he's the only character they really achieved it with. Of, he is a criminal. But, so in, in this episode, it starts with, he goes to a convenience store... And the young lady there is ig ignoring him for some reason. He goes, what What the hell are you doing on your phone? And she goes, I just got accepted to college. I got to the college I wanted. I got to call my mom. And he goes, oh, congratulations. And he's, he's walking around the convenience store with his buddy. He's like, oh, that's so good for her. And he's like genuinely excited for her. He's like, maybe I should buy her a present. Like, you know, just like a junk food or something. He's like, you know, mm -hmm. congratulations. You know, she's going to have the time of her life. And then some kid comes in and robs the store. Of course. And Yeah. And when she gets shot and she dies, he is genuinely devastated because this is a young woman who he, who he sees like has her whole life ahead of her is moving in a positive direction. And he is genuinely happy for her and is genuinely sad when she dies to the point that he finds out that the gun that was used to kill her was made by this dude who was purposely overproducing cheap guns so that gangbangers could have them. And so he went and found that dude and killed him. He didn't find the gang that did it. He didn't do it. He went to the producer and went, I have lost so many friends to gun violence and people like you are the reason why. So you're going to live, like your family is going to live this tragedy because this is your fault. Because I went and bought this gun for $50 off some dude on the street. Congratulations. He is human. He cares about people. But right. he's also like, in some way, he also doesn't give a fuck. And that's the kind of energy I'm thinking of. That sounds more There's, chaotic good to me than lawful yeah. evil. Well, because he also, the whole point of this, this I'm not, I don't want to recap the whole show. There's like seven freaking seasons. That's too I've bad. only watched it tangentially. Um, the whole idea being like, he has this criminal empire, but he works with the FBI to take down other more dangerous criminals like what he trades in is information mm -hmm. services like he's i get that but the, like i said I, that just to me sounds like chaotic good in that he's breaking laws to do good things fair enough yeah because i was thinking in lawful terms of like, evil is well i guess that would be the gun producer yeah. working within the law to make bad things happen yeah Essentially. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah, that's a much better way of putting it. Mm -hmm. So, so do you prefer the idea of chaotic good? Because mm. to me, that sounds either crime fighting squad or vigilante heroes. And like <laughs> by vigilante heroes, I mean like almost the Spider Man esque style where the cops have to vocalize that they don't agree with it, but there's plenty of times where you see the cops working with Spider-Man. <laughs> you have to be like, and don't go out doing vigilante justice, people. You can't just dish it out as you please. And then they're like, Spider-Man's here. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, kind of, yeah. I, d I do like the idea of the kind of... Um... But that also means we get to do masks. Yeah, that's true. Oh, my God. The, well, if... Now, the question would be, is it like 
like spider like superhero-esque vigilantism uh, or is it like to, do you remember the movie kick-ass yes closer to that <laughs> except for if they had actual powers yeah yeah fair yeah i mean yeah i can see that because it was didn't the little girl and her father have like mob ties or something or they were hunting down the mob uh, or something yeah it had something to do with one of them killing his wife her mother mm, and then the, that's why they became vigilantes yeah yeah I kind of, if we could do a mix of Kick-Ass and The Blacklist of like. We can do that. Yeah. They they are absolutely just, they were regular people and then they decided, I'm sick of this. So they built this network network of people who are also, I don't know, like either have ulterior motives or not, but like. Well, see, and the easy way to do that is you have your Reddington character uh, who it's probably high in intelligence it could be like a rogue mastermind or a mm. bard of whispers uh that like does like their main purpose is either being the face or being the talker mm-hmm. in whatever situation where it's like yeah they got their ties to quote unquote the underworld and where they like can get their hands on supplies when they need them like mm-hmm. in non-conventional manner and like they probably do have contacts within the authorities where hey you're gonna find these guys here at this Mm -hmm. time Mm -hmm. and it's kind of it's not a if you don't show up you'll find them dead but like it's just like like, that's very that can also just be deduced where it's like we got a call from a payphone again from so-and-so yeah so-and-so claiming to do uh, x and x we know to follow through on it yeah the whole idea of, you know, like, anonymous tips, but, like, they're not really anonymous. Pretty much. Yeah. I, I do like that idea. Because, I mean... Because, for for me, having to sit through seven seasons of that show, his behavior was kind of the highlight. <laughs> yeah. Because it was always very, um... I mean, yeah, chaotic is the word for it. Yeah, because he was weirdly humanitarian, right. but also, like... right absolutely killed a bunch of mobsters so yeah if if we want to model a character after that and if we could i mean even if they're not within the party maybe just within the setting well we can do them within the party and we just make them a higher level character Mm -hmm. which is something i was thinking of in that it might be a multi-tiered level party Mm -hmm. like like i'm thinking it's probably five five people yeah it's a good like party size for jamming around mm-hmm. and i'm like there's probably like a level 10 mm-hmm. like that's like they're like i said the, your your Reddington, your face character mm-hmm. that's their leader their coordinator all, x y and z fill, yeah. fills those roles and also makes those connections yeah it like they would be in like the top 4% of that 20% of people with exceptional abilities. Yeah. In somebody that. somebody with exceptional abilities and they honed them and have been applying them. Yep. And, yep. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, mm-hmm. I can see that. So, yeah, I mean, because if this is, if we're working with the idea of a sort of chaotic good organization, not quite organization, maybe just... Smaller than organization, but larger than a small business. It might be as much as, and I'm talking about 
the number number of people directly tied to them it might be as much as 20 Mm -hmm. and then they all have their own connections i was gonna say because it it makes sense for me that you have like the small you know this team does x and we're building parties building the party for that team but that team is also part of like there's all there's also like in the next building a team that does y a team that does z like i could see that as well yeah and like and this can be something we come back to is like maybe the crew we're making right now is the enforcers or whatever the the mat and like no they're the like face squad like they get the most pretty much the most reputation spread about them Mm -hmm. the most rumors where it's like yeah and they just busted this big coke operation yeah uh like down in the harbor or something like that Mm -hmm. and like to the public that sounds dope but (laughs) dope get it (laughs) the um yeah but i mean like things being it's a good thing but also it has ulterior motives but also like as far as the public knows it's only these five people yeah and there's and like those other 15 like maybe we can come back to them like that that could be a cool idea come back to the modern setting yeah i do like that idea of building i mean because i don't know of any D &D, like session that has 20 freaking people but like as far as like what i've always thought was fun is character hopping right the idea that like within this setting you i mean you don't always have playing multiple characters simultaneously is like it's a bit of a endeavor that not everyone wants to put up with but the idea being like so we're today we're going to for your session you'll play the enforcer squad so you're the guys that mm-hmm. lead the charge and then for the next session you'll play the information the intelligence squad who went out investigated found everything out and then you bring the information to your enforcers or whatever right so i got you we just have to figure out like i mean this is this is down the road of course of like figuring out who's who but uh-huh. for this party specifically, if we're sticking with five, and one of them is the de facto leader, yeah, the guy who has connections, the guy who mm-hmm. can get things done, right? What what type of party would that be? Well, like or similar to how we called the last one true of duos, kind or, of yes. Okay, so you want tagline now okay not necessarily i mean yeah tagline i guess would be the best way to put it the type of part the why of it like what type of party is this like probably gonna have to come with something better than vigilante heroes or something like that yeah well what is the purpose of i know you said the face of the party so like the the the, or the face of the organization like the people who go out and like who confront the police that are like you know like if they raid a place and the police show up these are the guys who walk out and go don't worry it's just us like yeah kind of so i mean like maybe the police aren't happy about it but they also know that these people have a purpose and no i think they don't even want to have to do that i i mean they want they should like your Reddington guy, just be gone before they get there. Yeah, fair. And maybe they left him a, a snarky note, much like Reddington. Yeah. Well, he just freaking 
calls one of his FBI bitches and goes, yeah, I know. Psych. But but that's what I'm saying is like they don't even want to be there for uh, to like have to witness. They don't even want to have to be seen by the police. Like if they're seen by the police, it's because someone didn't wipe the records enough. I mean, yeah. It not maybe not. Sorry, when they get seen by the police, they get seen on the CCTV cameras. Oh, you can- <clears throat> so back to the convenience store. The moment they shot at the kid who was robbing store. His buddy was like, he was in the back already. He was grabbing the CCTV. Yeah, I know. He was grabbing the DVR already. I know. Like, that wasn't wrong. No. I know, but that's what I'm saying is like, but they don't do that because the things that they are caught doing or they are purposely caught doing are things that would be, quote unquote, morally acceptable. Like how in coming back to Kick-Ass, mm. there's shots of him getting the shit kicked out of him and him kicking the shit out of people and he's strolling the street. Yeah. Or similar to, like I said, Spider-Man where it comes in, stops the people that are doing violence. Mm-hmm. And... Oh, I was thinking in terms of like... These are the people who do contact the authorities. I mean, not to be like constantly in in contact with them but these are the people who like when somebody at the precinct gets like hey this is so and so i've got a tip for you they go okay yeah we got it yeah no they do that too but i mean if somebody caught wind of there's gonna be a bank robbery within like the next couple days and they just have them on standby for like and and they have people watching the banks they being the the organization okay have people watching the banks and their hero crew on standby mm-hmm. for them to fucking come in save the day and then get out before the police get there their job is to look good not i don't mean excuse me not their, oceans 11 look good their job Anne is Hathaway? to their job is, is to look good sorry their job is to look good, not in the visual appeal of it, but literally look morally good. Okay, so you're going for the the PR. Yeah, pretty much. Like I said, the face. Okay. Because I was thinking in terms of don't be known, but people know you kind of thing. Yeah, that too. Don't like, be seen, but be known. You Both. All right. Where it's like, the first time it happens, it's a group mat, uh, a group of masked heroes uh, stopped a bank robbery today. Da da da, and then five weeks later, when they've stopped three other things, the public have given them a name. All right. Okay, I'm wrapping my brain around it because I think we were talking about different things for a minute there. We probably were. Yeah. So. Going with the idea that this party, as part of a more or less criminal organization, do things good, but not always with good intentions. Yes. They're building connections throughout the world. Right. With their actions, Mm -hmm. so that everyone else in the organization can use them as needed. Yeah. Okay. I mean, we might just call them the PR team. Sure. 
I mean, it's not catchy, but <laughs> it's essentially what it is. Yeah. If the idea is these guys are mass vigilantes doing, you know, citizen saving and, you know, disaster diverting mm-hmm. stuff, but the information they gather is used for other things. I mean, I guess you could do for just like a a classic party build. I mean, because you'd think you'd want someone to cover every base. Yeah, kind of. Okay, so if we got the party concept nailed down, I think. Mm-hmm. The, you know, what type of party this is. Yes. Do we want to keep it at five? I mean, five seems like a pretty round number for... You know, I when I think, th- when I I think of like... I don't think you want to go bigger. No, I mean, well, I don't know if we want to go smaller. Because when I think of like Not heist really. movies, it's usually like a close-knit group. Or if it's a bigger group, there's like... Drama. of them. Yeah. Like, yeah. there's like a crap ton. Yeah. But then again, I guess that's the entire organization. That's what I'm saying. So. Is like, there's probably multiple parties like you mentioned. But at the same time, if you ask me, it, when you go smaller than five, then mm-hmm. you're kind of losing that potential. Because if there's going to be, if one of those five is already the leader, mm-hmm. then we got four more that need to kind of mesh with each other in a yeah. different ma- in a different mm-hmm. way. Mm-hmm. All right, I think we've got party size. We've got the party purpose. Mm-hmm. The party purpose and the setting nailed down pretty good. Yes. So I think we're gonna take some time to ruminate on this. If we've already got, I mean, we've accidentally already built one character, sort of. So. Yeah. But we'll figure out the details later. But as far as the rest of the party, I think we'll probably let it sit in our brain for a little while, come back tomorrow or the next day, start. Do you want to start with just one character? Yeah, we might start with that higher level Mm -hmm. de facto leader for the first episode. Okay. And yeah, we'll try and keep it to one character per episode. Yeah. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah, the two characters per episode. I mean, with trio duos, it made sense. I mean, they they play off each other, obviously. But it is... It can get a bit lengthy. Yeah. We'll try to stick to one character per episode. But if it leads into another one, I mean, we'll probably just take the ideas we have and then move it to the next episode. We can try to. It's it's hard to... Not physically, like, not cut the audio out and move it to... I mean, like... I I understand that. But it's hard to, something that I've, so I didn't tell you this, hmm. I thought I lost episode two entirely Ooh. and was literally about to go into a panic because <laughs> I was like, how the fuck do you just redo that? You don't. <laughs> yeah. So that's, that's my quote unquote concern mm-hmm. in that I want to capture that energy of ours mm-hmm. because we, yeah, you could always just open up and be like, yeah, we lost this information, and so now we're it's, re-recording it. Yeah, it's just it. not the same. Yeah, but then it's just me talking to you about how Kirith is just, you know, so cool and so hot and is just an absolute winner of a wife. Yes, and her husband loves him, loves her so much. Oh, did I mean, they, they sing together sometimes. Wow. That's great. Yeah, yeah and how I lovely. get what you mean. Well, I. So, I think we should just see what comes of it. 
Yeah, yeah. And I mean, it's all a learning experience. So it always is. But we should let this episode come to a close. All right. Okay. So if you guys have any ideas like party concepts, setting concepts, um, go ahead and reach out to us on Twitter. We're at Lives on Paper. It's where we want to hear from you guys, you know, any constructive criticism about the episodes themselves or just, you know, ideas you want to share. You know, we'd love to hear from you. Again, my name is Megan. And my name's Jordan. Thank you for listening to Lives on Paper. Thank you.